are listening to The Pantyhose, where comedy meets feminism. I'm your host, Naya, and thank you all for listening to my podcast. You can do anything with your ears. You can clean your ears. You can pierce your ears. But the fact that you're giving me your ears to listen to my podcast, I greatly appreciate it. So, today, we're going to the streets, y'all. I am answering a series of audience questions. So, if any of my Pink Pantyhose listeners, if y'all got questions for me, send them to me, whether it's phone, through my social media, or through pinkpantyhostpodcast at gmail.com, I will answer them, unless they just outright crazy, then no. So, shout out to my homie, DFA. Thank you for sending these questions. I'm going to do my best to answer these. Um, and the theme of these questions, we're going to title this, A Woman's Mindset. So, first question. DFA asks, why does it take hours to decide what to wear? I guess this is what he's asking about women. Like, why does it take women so long to get ready and what and all that? So, first of all, poor time management and procrastination. Two, at least when it comes to first dates, like from my experiences, it takes a long time. Because, you know, you're nervous. You want to wear this, the right outfit to make sure it makes you look good. Because usually... You want a second date, right? (laughs) And also, men put a lot of pressure on us as women because y'all want us to be sexy and show off our body, but then that whole theory of mystery and not showing too much. We don't know. We just want y'all to like us. So that's why we take forever in a day. And I'm not going front. Even though we get out the shower, at least for me, like I take extra time spraying down my titties and my, my... my lady parts, whatever, my pussy, whatever. So you can smell good because you never know. You might hook up on that first date, you know, do a little bump and grind in the car, a little dry humping. So you want to make sure you smell good. <laughs> Get all the parts. No surprises. Surprises are for anniversaries and your birthdays, not for your hygiene. Or how you smell. (laughs) And let's be honest. Y'all like the weight. Y'all like seeing how we look once we get the outfit together. I'll never forget, I was 21 years old, and I was getting dressed in Corcoran. Shout out to my old alma mater, DePaul University. And I had this guy waiting um, in the lobby, and I was getting ready. And I'm not going to front. I make a guy wait at least a good five to ten minutes when they arrive. You know, you don't want to seem too thirsty. And I came out, and he was like, oh, man, I was hoping you take longer because I'm watching the game. And I got sisters, so I know it took a minute. Because he, he wanted to watch the rest of the game. So y'all like what y'all see. Stop complaining. We worth the wait. You know you be fantasizing about us and what we be wearing. So hush your mouth. But for real, if you want a solution to women taking forever to get ready, if y'all plan on going someplace, give her a fake time. Tell her a time that's like 30 minutes ahead of when the time you actually need to be there. So when you you think you're not stressing and when you think you're late, you're actually not because you gave her a fake time. So question number two. How do you break the stereotypical mold of having a type when that type keeps breaking your heart? Well, at least for me and my experiences, um, 
your taste in people you date evolves as you evolve as a person through growth, through being exposed to different people. So when I was growing up, my taste in men is way different. Like, I only dated black men. You had to have waves. I like the thug type, you know, sagging, got a hat on, do-rag, all that. And the reason I like that is because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. My, one of my role models at the time was my older nephew. Yeah, I got one of those family situations. I'm the auntie, but I'm younger than him. Uh, he, that's how he dressed, you know, the thuggish type. And I grew up watching BET, and I'm a huge hip-hop fan, so that's what I liked. But now, as an older woman, having been college educated, and also just having toxic relationships... I've realized there are more important things. First of all, I'm very pro interracial dating. I am down with the swirl. And when it comes to black men, nothing will ever top a black man. Ooh, ooh. It's just an acquired taste. Ooh, I just love them. But as far as their hair, I don't care how a black man has his hair as long as it, it's done. So you could be bald, cool. You can have locks, cool. Just have a lining and keep them locks fresh. You can have, like, the lining and a little fuzzy, curly, natural, you dig? I don't care. As long as it's together. But more importantly, um, having had um, negative experiences with men, like being in a verbally abusive relationship, being a survivor, um, dealing with F-boys, just want to get their toes tickled, being ghosted so many times, I've learned that I'm someone who likes mental stimulation. Like, I'm into people who can have a conversation. I'm into intellect. Are you reading for fun? Are you into history? Like, are you pro-black? So that's how you break away from having a type. It's just being introduced to new tastes. Um, having your appetite change, so to speak. Especially um, when that type keeps breaking your heart. Sometimes... How can I say this? Like, we just hard-headed people. Like, sometimes we want to learn the hard way through trial and error and heartbreak after heartbreak. Um, and that's when I started dating nicer um, guys and also dating guys who appreciated me for my inner beauty versus just treating me like a sexual object. So, yeah. Just associate yourself with new people, new places, and then that's when your taste is going to evolve, like exposing yourself and being in new environments. Question number three. Why do women tear each other down over sharing the same partner when it is a partner who is lying to the both of you? Now, this is society's fault. So historically, like back in the day, you were thought to be a weirdo. You were thought to be a lesbian. You were thought to be hopeless if you were not married by a certain age, especially if you're good looking. Because back in the day, marriage was your avenue to moving out of your house, to getting wealth, all of that. So we were conditioned as women that you are only a somebody, you are only worthy if you can get a man. And that idea has still carried itself over the decades. Now it's more common to be, you know, single woman, independent woman, 
boss babe but there's still women and we still condition them to believe that dating is the way to go a man equals happiness so when you come across another woman dating your man you see him as your property like uh-uh he is mine I'm gonna do what I have to do because he's the only piece of worth that I got like we're not teaching women and girls enough that they provide their own worth they provide their own confidence they we're, we're not teaching them that message enough that they make themselves worthy self-love you can only find love within so that's why women are quick to fight is because if we ain't got a man we think we have nothing. And I'll never forget this book. And I say that also because there's this book by Sharon Draper. I think that's her name. It was like, Who I Am Without Him. And it's an anthology. For those of you who don't know what the word anthology means, it's like a series of stories, short writings. And it was one story of, of these girls jumping on this other girl who, who thought she was all that in a bag of chips. You know, she was cute. She had a little two top. You know, be out in the streets being fast. I ain't mad at you, sis. And she got jumped on because she was flirting with this guy, got her tooth chipped. Um, because that's just what we're taught, to be territorial. But men are territorial too, to be honest. Like, y'all be getting angry over stuff. Like, y'all get possessive and competitive too, so it's not. But I do agree, like, it's more common for women to fight over men versus the other way around. Um, and I'll never forget when I was teaching at a high school, I was talking to one of the staff members who was really popular, really down to earth. And I was like, how can we stop girls from fighting? And she was like, it's just a mindset. Like boys, when they find out they the other guy, they were like, okay, cool. You gonna hit, I'm gonna hit, it's all good. But when girls find out they talking to the same guy, they ready to scrap. So if we want women to stop fighting over men, we need to stop teaching women and girls that their worth is associated with having a man and marriage and having a boyfriend we need to stop teaching that to be a goal and start teaching self-worth and self-love that's the only way we don't get around it and i say that also as someone who caught herself fighting over a boy because i was really insecure i thought that i would only be a somebody if i had a boyfriend because there wasn't boys um knocking down my door trying to be my man i mean in eighth grade like i was ready to get into it with people because he was talking to somebody else so, that's that. Question number four. This is a loaded question. I don't know how funny this can be. Um, can you define both masculine and feminine and how it relates to the askew view within society? First of all, if you don't know what the word askew means, it means, I looked it up, y'all, um, out of line or crooked. So, ain't no shame in not knowing words. So, how do I define masculine and feminine? I'm going to go to the traditional route. Masculine. I associate that with physical strength. I associate that with aggressiveness. Mr. I'll make a man out of you. And then I associate femininity with delicate pink flowers. Emotional intelligence. Love and you is easy cause you're beautiful.
sue me, take away my feminist card if you want, come knocking on my door. But I will say this, here's a caveat, if that's even the right word to use. There's nothing wrong with traditional forms of masculinity or traditional forms of femininity. Here's where we mess up at. When we force people to adopt these practices and these traditional roles based on their bodies. So in other words, making people feel bad because they don't fit the stereotypical form or idea of a woman. Or we get mad at men for not being traditionally masculine. And I say all this to say, one, I support the queer community. Shout out to all my queer people, my gender fluid, my gender non-conforming, my non my non-binary people, my trans people, y'all are beautiful. Y'all hold a special place in my heart. Live your life. But also, outside of that, because I didn't have this knowledge of gender fluidity um, until I got to college. But growing up, I wish I was told that you don't have to be this one mold of femininity. Because I grew up with so much drama, y'all, and so much insecurity because I didn't fit society's view of a girl. Why you gotta be so insecure? Yeah. First of all, I was sexually active as a young at a young age and I got slut shamed to the point where I wanted to commit suicide because the boys could be promiscuous, right? But when I wanna get my freak on with integrity, not lie, not sneak, not swindle anyone out of their genitals, because I was swindled. Uh, who used the word swindled? But people are making fun of me, making me feel bad when I'm just doing the same thing as the boys were doing. Like, what's wrong with a girl being sexually active? All you ladies pop your pussy like this. I understand young people being sexually active, that being a little like, ooh, but you're telling me simply because I have a vagina that I can't be sexually active? That's problematic. Or how insecure I was that my voice was deep or deeper in comparison, in comparison to girls. Or the fact that I had so much body hair growing up. Like I felt like I was supposed to be a boy because I had so much hair and I didn't see myself as pretty. And we also have to shift away from these traditional forms like femininity and masculinity because we're limiting people and their potential. Like my niece, she absolutely loves Jordans and she loves sports. Why? Because she got all brothers. And it's not about being a girl or boy. That's just what she likes. And also thinking about feminism and empowerment, how we are hurting and harming men. Like there's men who want to share their emotions. There's men who want to talk to guys about how they feel and have conversations. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come you don't want me, man? There are men who want to be stay-at-home dads, but because we have these traditional roles of this is what a man is and this is what a woman is, this is what it means to be masculine and feminine, we limit people. And that's why so much toxic masculinity exists, because we force men into this. We got to change the definition of masculine and feminine. But if we do keep these traditional definitions of like masculine, being strong, being macho, being aggressive, and feminine, being delicate, and beautiful, and precious, that's fine and all, but we just can't force people to be exactly like the list of these gender roles, right? We have to give people the freedom 
to mix and match. Like, oh, I'm a feminine lady who likes to be submissive to a man who wants chivalry, but I want the freedom to be articulate, to say nasty words like fuck and shit. And I want to spit and fart when I feel like it. And I want to be a career woman. Like, give me the freedom to do that. And with men, like, I got a homie who doesn't identify as a woman, but there's masculine traits. Like, he likes his armpit hair. He likes his name. But he also likes jewelry and nail polish. That doesn't make him less of a person, less of a man. So, those are my thoughts on defining masculinity and femininity. Those are all my questions. Thank you again, DFA, for sending those into me. I appreciate you. So much love to you. And anyone, if you got any questions that you want me to answer on this podcast, please send them to me. This is about us experiencing this. It's not just about me running my mouth. But I want to help y'all understand feminism more. You know, get them ideas out your head. Well, that's my podcast. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you leave some reviews, you rate it, and you share it. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, bye.